You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Welcome to the Father's house. Amen. Great. Amen. I'm here. I'm so glad you guys made it. I'm happy to be back in the house of the Lord. Last week, uh, me and Maddie had the honor of going to minister at a church in St. Louis with Pastor Talit and Kyle, who's a part of live streams, the network we've joined. Um, got to minister at his church and speak to his leaders in St. Louis. Had such a good time. Man, they were so good to us. Uh, honestly, it, it was, it was just some, such a blessing to me and Maddie and our family. They just really honored us so, so well. And then one of the young guys said this. He said, so when are you coming to St. Louis? You know what my response was? Never. How <laughs> <laughs> I many of you know I want to be where the Lord wants me to be? Amen? And so it's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. You couldn't invite me to the Caribbean. How many of you know they need Jesus there too? Some people are like, oh, the Lord's calling me to Fort Myers. I bet he is. I bet he is suffering for the gospel in the Key West. <laughs> um, so, praise the Lord. Look, you made it to church on fall break weekend. Boom, for all of us who are broke. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we have a word for it. We call it a staycation, which is really just a fancy word for saying we're broke and don't have enough money to go anywhere, but we're going to be positive and grateful, have a good attitude. We're having a staycation, which just simply means you're just staying home and doing normal things. Uh, so we're having a staycation. How many of you on our staycation this week? Going to me Ranchito. Um, praise the Lord. So, Freedom has started, amen. We had more people signed up for Freedom. What is Freedom? It's a small group. It's a curriculum built around getting you completely free and walking in wholeness, walking in freedom, being fully alive in Christ, not just making it, not just getting by, but thriving in this new life with Jesus, amen? And more people signed up this year than we had last year. I just, to me, this is, this is something worthy of celebration. Discipleship is happening at the Father's house. That's what freedom is. So I don't care what our attendance is today, what it will be next week, but how many people will sign up and go through discipleship. This is how we can really measure the health of the church. Amen? For too long, we measure the health of the church at the business meeting instead of at the discipleship meetings. Woo! All right. So this is going to be interesting today. You need to make me a promise uh, if I say something, I'm gonna, today's going to be a little bit controversial, and that's okay, right? How many of you know Christianity is pretty controversial? We believe things like Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's very controversial. Um, hmm. So, ooh, a little too loud. Thank you, though whoever's running sound, come down just a little bit. Um, so how many of you are married in the room? Raise your hand real high. Awesome. We're going to see all of you at the marriage workshop conference. 
Boom. Keep your, keep your hand raised. Put your hand down if you don't need to work on your marriage. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you very much. Sign up. Come work on your marriage. Well, we're okay. It, it's about maintenance, right? It's not about, don't, don't wait like a lot of people do that come into our offices when everything has been completely destroyed. And then they're like, they, then they try to start picking up the pieces. Amen? So let's do it now. So I was praying. Uh, I'm preaching the next couple weeks. And I was praying. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And I'm going to tell you, this is not my favorite topic whatsoever by any means. And the Lord said, I want you to talk about money. Uh-oh. Some of y'all are visitors today, too. You're thinking, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Churches just want money. See, he just said it. So give me, do me a favor, please. In, in all sincerity, for the next two weeks, if you are visiting, hear me out. And I believe you're going to like and probably and agree with. If you agree with the Bible, you're going to agree with what comes from this pulpit. And I believe God's going to actually break some hurt and break some manipulation off of even people who've been in this pulpit before um, and break some people who've just, who've done a, who, who have um, misused and manipulated people at church for money. And I believe God wants to break that off of our lives and, and everything, right? Like that song we just sang, I won't bow to idols. I was so strong to worship you. How many of you know money is not just an idol for the church? It can be an idol for the preachers. Not all the scriptures about money in the Bible are for the people. They're also for the pastors, okay? So I was like, Lord, he's like, talk about money. And I'm like, oh, why? And he's like, because the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about it. And our whole lives actually revolve around it, right? So God does have a lot to say. God has a whole lot of things to say in the Bible about money. And I'm not just talking about just tithing and giving. Because some people, when you're at church and they come around to tithe an offering, you're automatically offended, right? Or you're automatically like, see, I told you. So stick with me for the next two weeks and hear me out. I believe the Lord just wants to break some things. Can we pray? That'd be a good idea. Y'all are like, nope, I'm leaving. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you are the God who speaks, Lord. So Father, I just say today, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit that you would just use me, that you would anoint me this morning to speak what you would have to say. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, come in a greater measure in this room right now. Reveal yourself to people in Jesus' name. And I say that you would, God, I just pray you would reveal truth. Bring revelation, insight, understanding in this room. Give your people ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You know why we need to talk about money in the church? Because it automatically made half the room uncomfortable. You know why we need to talk about speaking in tongues in the church? Because it automatically makes a lot of you uncomfortable. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we need to talk about. You know why we need to talk about sex from the pulpit? Because it made you uncomfortable. How many of you know that the world and the devil has a lot to say about sex? And so does the Lord. So does God. Actually, the Bible says that God created it. Right? He created it. Right, So that the church, we have this weird thing of like, oh, we don't talk about this at church. If it's in the Bible, originated from God, we're going to talk about it. Amen? And that's why we have kids' church. If your kids are in here and you haven't talked to them about it yet, now's the time. Actually, we're not going there today. But you just never know what will come out of my mouth in this place. But there's, there's topics that are hot topics that the church needs to talk about. So today... We're going to talk about money. How many of you know the world revolves around money? 
Everything we do has to do with money. It has to do, you buy gas to get here in your car. You paid money for that car. You have money to go out to eat this afternoon. How many of you know that money can be a big stress in your life? <laughs> let's just, let's just, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you just want to. How many of you know you're, you're stressed out about money? Raise your hand. Let's just be real. Some of you are lying. Raise it up real high. Come on, there, there's some truth in the room. I love truth telling. Because some of the, that religious spirit will be like, I, I trust God, brother, I trust God about everything. And you might, but you probably don't. I love one of the sayings I say to our staff all the time at our church, the Father's house is a safe place, but not a safe place to hide. And what we mean by that is if you come out and say, listen, I got problems, I got real issues, you're gonna be met with love and grace, and we're, and we're also gonna give you some steps to take as well. Man, I'm just gonna say this. Church hurt is not when the church holds you accountable for the way that you're living. I've been hurt by the church. If somebody told you when you got saved that you weren't supposed to continue to live in together and having sex with each other, that is not church hurt. That's accountability for the life that you said you wanted to start, right? Now you can tell someone in the wrong way. Somebody say amen. And you can tell someone in the right way. If you're married, you know it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it, right? So money can be a stressful part of life. They say in marriage, especially the biggest arguments we have in our marriages is what? Two things usually, money and children. <laughs> we are in disagreement about these two things. I'm gonna tell you right now, me and Maddie have had so many disagreements about finances. I'm telling, and, I, and the worst part is I can see it on my app. I got a bank app and I'm like, $115 at TJ Maxx, I thought you just went there to get a dog toy. <laughs> Can anybody else relate in this room? <laughs> and it's like, well, what do you mean? Well, we needed a toothbrush. The toothbrush wasn't $90. <laughs> what kind of toothbrush did you get? It better be one of them Oral-B sonic toothbrushes that we're gonna have for the next 10 years. You know, but it's usually not. It's like, well, while I was there, and I can be just as bad. I, I, I'm a sucker for a good deal. Anybody else in here? Like if, if it's something that's just a really good deal, I'll have a real hard time just passing it up in general. So it's like, well, this couch, but I don't want it 600. It's like, Mike, do you need the couch? I don't think so. But I don't want to pass on that's such a good deal. Anybody else in the room? So money can bring stress to your life. Can we all agree on that? Do you think that God wants money to bring stress to your life? Hmm. One of my favorite uh, worship songs is by Jay Thomas. It's called, um, it's called Shekinah Glory. And he talks about, he says, release the fullness of your glory. Then he goes into this part of the song and he says, we don't want houses or land. We don't want riches or fame. We want the knowledge of God, the fear of your name. I thought, man, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's just be real in this morning as well that churches, can, money can be used for good and money can be used for evil. Can we agree on that? Like it can be used for good things. You can sow. How many of you know money is also a seed? And so it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. How many of you know there's also a very unhealthy attachment to money? The Bible would go on to say, that um, 
Okay, here we go. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. Keep your life free from the love of money. See, this is not just for Christians in the church. This is also for pastors in the pulpit and traveling evangelists and TV evangelists. Okay, I've heard some absolute nonsense on the television from some people that unfortunately, some of you have maybe given a lot of money to. Hmm. Heard, you know, people get up in the pulpit and say, you better not rob God. And reading an Old Testament scripture out of the book of Malachi under an old covenant. That's why I said you need to stick around for two weeks. We're gonna get more into it next week. There's two things I wanna do this morning. I wanna keep all of us from the love of money, including myself, our staff, and everyone in this room. Amen? Wouldn't you like it if not just you want the pastors to do it, but you also do it. <laughs> Amen? So remember, stick with me for a couple weeks. I haven't talked about this for three years. And some of you might be thinking, man, are the finances bad at the church? You ready? No, our finances are better than they've ever been in the last 12 years. Amen? So I'm not here to try to get you to do anything. I'm just here to talk about something that the Bible has a lot to say about. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content. Look at your neighbor and say, be content with what you have. You know what that really means? It means that you're willing to stay where you are maybe forever. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? What does contentment really mean? I'm pretty sure it means content. I'm okay. I've learned what it's like to have a lot. I've learned what it's like to have a little, Paul would say. You notice he didn't say one was better than the other. How many of you know that there are missionaries in Africa that barely have any money, but they have a whole lot of wealth? Money does not equal wealth. You can be, hmm, you can be extremely, you can have a lot of money and completely be completely poor in spirit and in a negative way. And like the widow, you can have barely anything and be completely full of wealth. Keep yourself from the love of money because God has said, never will I leave you. Some of you need to take this promise with you this morning, especially those men in the room, single moms, whatever it is. God says, listen, I remember when I got out of jail, this scripture in Matthew 6, 33, I don't know about you, probably not you, but when I was in jail, I, had, I was homeless, besides the jail, that doesn't count. I was homeless, I had no vehicle, I owed money to lawyers, I owed money to a lot of different people, I burned almost every bridge I could. But when I remember my mom wrote me a letter when I got born again, and on the, one of the letters I still have in my office, by the way, mom, and it says, Matthew 6, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added onto you. And I was sitting there, remember, here's the catch though. Before I ever opened my Bible, I decided to believe the Bible was true and I was wrong. A lot of us were still stuck with, well, I don't know for sure. Yes, if you're gonna be a born again Christian, you gotta believe God's word is true. But there's some benefits from believing and partnering with God's word. And so I was in jail thinking, wow, if this verse is true, 
that I don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to seek him first. I'm going to seek what he wants. What does he want? He wants me to live for him. He wants me to be a light in the city. He wants, me to, uh, he wants me to help the poor. He wants me to lend a hand. He wants me to tell people about the gospel. I'm going to focus on his kingdom, and he'll focus on my finances. He'll take care of me and Maddie and our kids and everything else if I would be about his business. And I was like, all right, Lord. I'm gonna seek you first, and you're right living, and I'm gonna tell you. I went from that place, and this is not just a, you get stuff from God, but let me say this, there is rewards and results from giving to the Lord. And I remember, I got out of jail, I worked for a guy at Midwest Graphics, anybody know that place? And I, I worked there for eight hours a week, maybe, and I remember, being all I knew is I was raised, and we'll get into this a little next week, was about tithing a tenth. And I remember I made $80, and I gave $8 to this church. You know, I'll tell you something else crazy. I didn't do it because I had to. I did it because I wanted to. And I gave $8. And here's what's crazy about this. Some of you have heard this story. But I had a warrant. Some of you are thinking, what kind of church did we come to? Apparently, God's in the business of saving drug addicts, <laughs> turns out, <laughs> and using them for his glory. So, but anyways, so I'm there, and I remember I was, in, I was by this back door, and I had money that I owed to court in Indianapolis for a bench warrant that I had. I know this is getting worse story. <laughs> Just stay with me. And I had all this money, and if I didn't pay the money, then I would go to jail. And logic would tell me, well, I don't need to give to the Lord. I don't need to give. i got to save my money. And I'm, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you my story. Okay? And I gave. And, and I got to a place where I was just going to go to jail. I thought, well, Paul was in jail. I'll go to jail. That's the la Honestly, I started thinking the last thing the devil wants to do is put me in that jail again. because now I'm different. Now everybody's gonna get the gospel. Now I got a testimony. And so I remember I, I started saving the little money I had. I tied the church and I had a people, I had somebody, actually I just met Maddie back then, sweet Maddie. She was so sweet and I told her that, hey, I'm, you know, I gotta go to court in a little bit. I'm actually about to go to jail. And just like a sweetheart she was, she was like, well, I'll pay the fine. I was like, no, that's so dysfunctional, honey. <laughs> that's good. It's so pure and so sweet, but I was like, not barely newer. I'm like, definitely not allowing this church girl to pay my fines, all right? I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll just go to jail. It's not a big deal. I've been there a lot. <laughs> been there plenty of times. This was only 30 days. It's not that serious. <laughs> I'll go there and share the gospel. But I gave. It makes sense. It's when I first got saved because I got a hold of something. Never will I leave you nor I forsake you. Hmm. Mike, and even if you do go to the jail, I'll cause it to work for your good. I was like, okay. I was walking through these back doors on a Sunday morning at this church. Somebody came up to me and handed me almost $600 in cash. And they said, the Lord told us you need this. And I said, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing God pretty well. You need it. You're a prophet. And 
And they literally hand me the cash. The Lord said, do you need this money? And it was somebody who was visiting our church who wasn't even a part of this church. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm sweet. I'm not going to jail now. I remember telling Maddie, <laughs> I'm not going to jail. You can have your, your husband now, your future husband. <laughs> but I got a hold of some principles. Everybody say principle. I got a hold of some principles in God's word that I didn't have to worry anymore. Hmm. And just to be honest, fast forward 10 years, I got kids, got a lot of stuff going on. I think I struggle with worry more now than I did then. <laughs> Do you think that's what God wants for me? Absolutely not. Nothing has changed about his promise from when I started and into now. Even though I might have more responsibilities now and more things that could fall through my fingers, nothing changes about his promise. And he's saying, Michael, never leave you nor forsake you. And he's saying, hey, keep your heart away from the love of money. Because my old life, I'm gonna tell you something, my old life, not because of how I was raised, we were raised, we didn't have a lot of money, so I fell in love with money. Loved it. My favorite thing. Loved having a lot of it. Wanted a, as much as I could. And, you know, and when I got saved, it's like the Lord knew what it, my whole life used to be surrounded by money. And so I remember I was humbled when I got saved. I, I stayed, I moved into my mom's house. I had no money. Zero. But I had the Lord. And I had friends and I started small, and it's like God was taking me through this season of really showing me what it was like to just have him and nothing else. And I, I started to break that tie of that unhealthy attachment to the love of money that a lot of us still have today, if we'd be honest. You know? So, the Bible would say to all of us, keep your heart away from the love of money. Ecclesiastes 5.10, look at this scripture. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. Joking with the guy this morning about betting. You don't have to raise your hands if you've been gambling. But the reality is when you do that, man, it's just like this, you just want more. <laughs> it's just how it works. It feels good. But look at what it says, has enough. Whoever loses or loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. What is it trying to tell you? It's a trick. What's, it, what's God trying to tell you? He's not just trying to say, hey, manipulate you. Don't love money, so you give it to me. He's saying, no, no, no. If you love money, it's gonna hurt you. It's gonna ruin you, actually. It's gonna ruin your heart. It's gonna ruin your life, right? If you ever study some of the wealthiest people in the world on their deathbeds, some of the things that they say, man, I wish I had friendship. I wish I had my spouse here with me. I wish I had my children with me. When everything is, boom, can, wiped away, the Bible says our life is but a vapor that's just here today and gone tomorrow. It also says about worry, who are you that you could add an hour to your life? You're saying, hey, don't worry about it. Isn't God so good to just speak to our worry? And he just says, don't worry. <laughs> it's almost like just telling your wife when she's freaking out, calm down. You know? <laughs> it's like telling your three-year-old when they're having a tantrum, just calm down. What's wrong with you? That's what God's saying. He's saying, actually, you don't have to worry. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But keep your heart away from the love of money. Amen? Matthew 6, 24. This is going to be pretty cool scripture. Jesus is speaking in Matthew, 
And he says, no one can serve two masters. Pause. No one can serve two masters. Huh, I wonder why I use the words master. He's talking about himself. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is not just for the people in the church. This is for the pastors. This is also for the evangelists, right? Look at that scripture. So if you disagree with this scripture, that's on you. This is the Bible. It's the word of God, amen? But he says you can't serve two masters. What is he also trying to say? Money is trying to be your master. Money is looking for servants. Just like God is. And he's saying, actually, you can't, you can't serve one or the other. Money will pull you away from serving me. You'll be devoted to money. How many of you know you can be in church and still be devoted and serving money? How many of you know you can be in church every Sunday and still not be born again? The church doesn't save you. These walls don't save you. Your tithe doesn't save you. And we'll get into all the tithe breakdown next week, okay? You don't want to miss it, I promise. But he says, you cannot serve both God and money. I believe the Lord just wanted to say, he wants to break an unhealthy attachment to the love of money out of this room, off this pulpit, off of anything. We've had, unfortunately, there's been uh, TV preachers in this room who are very manipulative about money. And I felt that this morning. And I'm like, man, we're gonna break that off of this place in Jesus' name. Amen? And I'm like, that's not who we are. That's not who we'll ever be ever again. Amen? So we have an opportunity here in a little bit. If you struggle with it and you would be bold enough to say, you know what, I love money, you're gonna have an opportunity today to say, you know what, God, forgive me, help me, I wanna serve you. Amen? You know, one of my favorite services we've had is when I had a, a gentleman get up in front of the whole church and he talked about how he's been racist his whole life and in church. Y'all remember that? And then I said, how about who else wants to get free today? If you struggle with racism, stand up. And a lot of people are like, oh, Lord. <laughs> we had three ladies stand up almost immediately. Hmm. That's pretty incredible to me. Sometimes the Bible would say things like this. Faith without works is dead. Sometimes you need to respond to something God's speaking to you about. Sometimes it looks like standing. Sometimes it looks like coming to the altar. Sometimes it looks like lifting your hands. It brings an action to you, an activation to what you're feeling. Amen? So he says, you cannot serve God and money. You'll always be chasing it. You'll always be loving it. And you'll always be, you, you'll start to, you'll have so much bitterness in your heart about the church and money. You think it justifies your own love for money. Some of us have been so mad about the church and money and pastors and money, but you have the same love for it. Whew. I know that just came to me, sorry. You know what I mean? I feel like I, I just have authority to speak on this this morning because that's something broken off my life. Me and Maddie, I remember when we, our savings got down a few years ago to almost the lowest it's ever been, I called Maddie and I said, we are not gonna live in fear about money. You know what I told her? I said, we're gonna take another $500 out of our savings and we're gonna give it to Friends and Sinners right now. So I refuse to come under the fear of not having enough. It's not going to. Some of you are thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Jesus to live heaven and glory to come down here. It's not about making sense. It's about obedience. 
right? So you can't serve God on money. Remember I told you, stay with me for the next two weeks, amen? So you can hear all I'm saying. This is, I don't think I've said anything wrong this morning so far. It's all Bible. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Check out this next part of this. A lot of us, we just quote that first part and we stop there. Look at what else it says. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. How many of you know when you're in charge of your finances and your finances are rooted in greed and you always trying to get more, you can actually bring things on yourself that God has his hands tied on. Basically, let me say it like this. You're screwing up your own finances and wondering why, what's happening. And it could be rooted in this place because you have an unhealthy attachment and love for wealth and money. Look at what it says right there. Pierced themselves with many griefs. I see this all the time uh, at the rehab. Guys get in the rehab in front of the centers, and then they're like, man, they get some freedom, and then they're like, I need a car, and they'll go out and buy a piece of garbage car from like a second or third chance auto place just to get the coolest car they can find, get them a $550 uh, $550 a month payment, and then it breaks down, (laughs) right? And then they need help. Oh, man, what's going on? Then they start, this is my favorite part, then they start getting mad at God. Everything, man, the car, every time I try to go to church, man, something just, it falls apart. God never told you to buy that car. Your love for attention. How many of you know fancy, shiny things can bring you a lot of attention? When the church was like, Mike, we want you to get a reliable car. You know what I did? I went and got the least flashy car they had at Don Moore, which is a Hyundai Sonata. Sorry if that's the car that you have. (laughs) You know why? Because I know that there was a very unhealthy attachment to money that's been in my whole life. And I I, I probably don't want to drive the, the coolest car. It's probably not best for me, to be honest with you. I don't need the car with 26s on it. And with the, you know what I mean? I don't need that. I said, you know why? Because I'll probably be riding around like I'm the man. This is a dumb story. My cousin who's in prison, he called me a few years ago. He said, Mike, I got a a purple Mercedes on 26 inch rims. It's amazing. I want you to go get it for me. I'm gonna buy it. And if you just keep it till I got a prison, you can drive it. And I said, listen here, bud. I just became the pastor of the church and I'm gonna pull up in a purple Benz on 26s. (laughs) Are you serious? And luckily, I got some wisdom because in my flesh, somebody say flesh. flesh. My flesh wants to be flashy. <laughs> I'm the only one. Some of y'all got $600 golf clubs. You know who you are. But my flesh wants to be flashy. My flesh wants to be seen. My flesh is full of pride. And he's saying, hey, stay away from the money, Mike, because it's just going to bring even more of that. And I'm like, dang. So I'm like, no, I'm not driving the Mercedes, bro. You've lost your mind. Heck no. That's why still I'll still push around my 97 Avalon. And the muffler's broke on it. So it sounds like a NASCAR. I mean, it's, it's kind of a little embarrassing, but I'm just like, hey, this thing. Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to Carter. Unfortunately for him. 
<laughs> Fortunately for me, <laughs> I joke with him. I'm like, guess who bought my first car? Me. <laughs> the correct response is going to be, thank you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to be real easy to keep him away from the love of money driving that car, right? I'm just trying to help you, bro. Just trying to help your heart. know that having nice things and being successful and all these different things, they actually pull on your identity. And then you start to place your value and how much money you have. And then you start to even go beyond that and become self-righteous and think you're better than other people who have less money than you. Did you know you can actually be kind of poor and still be a Christian? But I don't believe you can be stingy and greedy. You know the best way to handle greed? Give it away. I'm not just saying just to the church, we'll get into that next week. I'll just say this, and I'm not trying to boast, but I think you all need to know, as your pastor of this church, if you call me your pastor, if you go to this church, if you join this church, if you don't see me as your pastor, I'm not really sure why you're still at the church, but that's okay. Me and Maddie and my kids, we want our kids to see that we practice what we preach. Our kids don't know about giving and sacrificial giving and generosity because I've preached to them about it. It's because they've seen it. I've had times in my life where I've tried to get involved and start to chase money. I don't know about y'all, but when 2020 hit and I got in crypto, glory to God, I got in there low. And guess what happened? Boom, shot up. Got a few grand, and I remember praying, but God, I need a retirement. I don't even have a retirement, Lord. I need, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to take care of it. I got to do something, Lord. And the, the Lord was like, that's not what I told you to do at all. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> I said, God, but look, I made this money. He said, yeah, you're right. You did that. Oh, we had an evangelist coming to our church that Sunday, and the Lord said, yeah, you did that. Now you should give it to him. Because my next point this morning is that everything belongs to God. And I'm just a steward of it. Let me make it very simple. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have breath. That's simple. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't even be alive. You wouldn't be able to even walk. You wouldn't be able to talk. You wouldn't be able to do anything. You wouldn't be able to make money. You wouldn't be able to have a garage with two cars in it. You wouldn't have anything. You wouldn't even have life itself Everything belongs to the Lord. And you see this in the Old Testament where they would start to, King David, they were gonna build the temple. Okay, follow me. Time 1209, glory to God. They would start to, they were gonna build the temple, so they started taking up money, and King David led the way. It's estimated that David gave 200 to 800 billion dollars of his own money towards the kingdom. How many of you know you give in proportion? We'll get to a little bit of that next week. Let me read you some scriptures about David, about God owning everything. So we want to keep our hearts free of the love of money. Can we all agree? You want to keep your pastors and leaders and church people free from the love of money. Amen? All of us, together. And we also want to start with the understanding that everything belongs to him, ultimately. So let me read this to you. First Chronicles 29, 14. Look at this. 
David says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Whoa, that's tough. I love what C.S. Lewis says, um, a quote from him. He says, every faculty you have, every power of thinking or moving of your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not his own already. Man. And that's where you see David. David had an understanding. How many of you know when you have an understanding that everything you have, even your life comes from God, you'll learn to have an open hand. Guys, giving... Uh, being generous, these are actually elementary Christian principles. I don't know one mature person in the Lord who struggles with giving. It's elementary, actually. These are actually, and you'll see that with Jesus we'll get to next week. But, but King David understood something. Everything we have is the Lord. That's why I love what he says there. He's like, hey, this all came from you that we even have the right to give. We're just giving you back what you've given us, God. Amen. Psalms 24, 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 13, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make a great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. David learned how to have an open hand because he understood it wasn't his. Right? So, what are we then? We're stewards. Amen? That's why the Bible would say things like this. If you're faithful with a little, then much will be given. He's saying, you gotta learn to be a steward, that everything we have is from the Lord. And I think I'll probably just stop here. Hmm. Then we'll get into the tithe next week. But hey, listen, Samara, I think I'm not coming back. Please come back. Here, at least hear me out before you make your decision. Amen? Because I believe actually God's going to, he's refreshing even a lot of you in this room right now from other things that you've heard in your life where you've been compelled and you've been manipulated and things. So can we just stand? So number one, let's free ourselves this morning. Can we play some keys from the love of money, from an unhealthy attachment to money? Let's also, number two, free ourselves from the worry of not having enough of money, which a lot of us raised our hand. And number three, let's acknowledge this morning, ultimately, that everything we have has been given to us from above. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen? He's given me my life. You notice uh, when we do child dedication, you know what we're doing? The Bible says every, every child is a gift from God. All we're doing, God gave us this child. We're saying, we're dedicated to you, Lord. We're giving it back to him. So could you just close your eyes? Thank you, Jesus. our prayer team come as well and I want our prayer team just to stay and
a place of responding to this as well in your own heart. But just close your eyes. Listen, everybody in this room is at a different place on this topic. So maybe you're at that place where you're like, listen, I need, to, I need to repent from an unhealthy attachment to money. If that's you, you can just do that right now with your eyes closed with the Lord. Just say, God, forgive me. I cannot serve two masters. I wanna serve you and you alone. Maybe you're at the second place where you're like, hey, I just worry about money all the time. I'm always stressed out. The Lord wants to say to you, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and everything else. Somebody say everything. Everything else will be added onto you. Seek what I want. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So just have your own moment with Jesus right now. If you need to activate one of those things and come down to the front to the altar right now and just have one of these guys pray with you through it, you're welcome to come right now. If you need prayer for anything at all, if you need healing in your body, you just want somebody to partner with you. You've had a rough week. You've been depressed. I don't know what it is. Come down. We'd love to lay hands on you and encourage you this morning before you leave. Our altars are open. And I just want to prophesy and declare this morning that any type of greed has no place in this church. In the name of Jesus, any type of manipulation has no place in this church. Any type of twisting people's arms has no place in this church. Father, we just thank you that we just want what you want in your glory and your glory alone, Lord. And we just declare that help us not to touch the glory in this house. And if you're here today, I wanna give somebody a chance. If you're like, hey, I'm new, I'm not even saved, I need to be born again, I need to give my life to Jesus, if that's you, he loves you, he died for you, he bore your sins on the cross, he rose from the dead so you could live for eternity. If you're here and you're saying, man, I need, I need to get saved, I need salvation, I need my sins to be washed away. If that's you, I want you to be bold right now and just lift your hand up to Jesus in this place. I see your hand back there, I see another one over here. I see another one over here. Anybody else? I need to give my life to him. The Bible says I cannot serve two masters. I've been serving other things. I've been serving other idols. I, Jesus is the only one I want to serve. I see another. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, church. Would you pray? We're not here to make a show. We're not here to fake numbers. If you need to get born again today, today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you have your hand raised and you know who you are, would you just repeat after me? Say, Jesus, don't be ashamed. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me. At my worst place, you gave your best. Forgive me. I believe you rose again. From this day forward, say it like you mean it. From this day forward, I'm a new creation. You're my master in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, do me a big favor. If you had your hand raised, please, if you're with somebody, tell them what 
the decision you made today, please. And if you're with that person, take them to the welcome desk, get them a new believer's book, get them the connection card, and we'd love to partner with you. Or if you wanna come to the altars, we have some down front, we'd love to pray with you. So if you need prayer for anything, altars are still open. Let me pray for you. Father, I just bless your people, bless everyone in this room. This is your house. This is your pulpit, this is your glory. God, I pray a supernatural blessing of everyone in this room, on their house, on their family, on their business, on their finances, God. Lord, I pray for wisdom to make the right decisions to follow your voice and your will and ways. For all of us, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Bless you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week. Come on, you can give it up for Jesus this morning. Come on, those who got born again. So, so good. 